Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Center, joined, as always, by the Mary Sanderson to my Sarah Sanderson. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh... Yeah, didn't expect that, but I guess I should have. <laughs> you, you, you read in the, you read in the, in the pre, in the, in the, whatever. In our very own Winnie I Sanderson. said why I should that's, have. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's Eric Ronovec. Eric, how are you doing? Man, if I could be the bet middler of everything, I'd be. You, more you are the bet. You are the bet middler of everything. <laughs> Did, did you did you were you hoping were you holding out a little hope for for Max Dennison even though that, that actor was like never in another movie? Yeah, ever. was that? <laughs> <laughs> Omri Katz or whatever his name is. It's his name. It's it's too Hollywood. <laughs> it's too it's too it's too fancy. How can that uh, movie have Thor Birch in it and she's like the best actor and she doesn't she's not in anything either. Yeah, seriously, she's she's not. I don't know what happened with her. She, is did she did she even have too. a camp? I thought. She would have a cameo in the new movie, but nope, uh, nope, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, though. Uh, for now, um, we're once again going to start with the fun stuff because la- last week, Eric, you weren't here, and I said let's start with the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the offense. And then I said there and- was fun stuff, and then Nathan said, "Yeah, the <laughs> offense." And I was like, I, I "Oh, I guess <laughs> this offense is still fun." I mean, we got me off. I ain't right back, this no. week. It was way more fun. Last week, it was. Uh, I mean, I it, was, it was it was fun adjacent. Last this, week, last week it was fun, like like your uh, camp leader in fourth grade, um, you know, tries to tries to make a learning activity fun. This week it was like real fun. <laughs> uh, Eric, when when we got this guy, and he's he's out here. First of all, he's already sent like a million Instagrams from the toilet, right? Yes. <laughs> so, so do, do, can you recall? Can you recall any of his toilet Instagrams? <laughs> Can can this first of all can DK Metcalf earn his way into my heart any more than he already was? <laughs> we have like maybe I don't know if it's the best uh, the best receiver in the NFL, uh, but one could make a a case that he's uh, you know one of the best, even if he's you know agreed he's on our team, which you know no Russell Wilson, no respect um, among the greats for sure. But then the guy gets carted off to duke in the middle of the game he's my hero he might just I mean, be my hero i love the panic when I, when I got the i got the sleeper alert and it says it says uh oh yeah um what what is it what did it DK say Metcalf it said carted off field yeah. is like all it said <laughs> hey time out time out guys i just made a fantasy football trade oh do you want to you want to you want to you want to talk about it sure <laughs> all right i traded derrick henry and elijah moore for jalen waddle and Brees hall uh in what league our league and and the league of record. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah, I think I, I definitely gave up the best player. But hey, since we're on the league, can I just say, would you trade you Herb Smith for the uh, for the rookie in uh, Pittsburgh? Wait, uh, Kenny Kenny Pickett? Pickett? Yeah, I think Kenny. I think in this particular league, it, this is so such a tangent that that some listeners are going to hate. But in this particular league, where it's two quarterbacks and twelve teams. Uh, Kenny Pickett is valuable, and uh, you should get some. You should get something back that you're actually going to play. The reason I asked because like, someone offered me Irv Smith for Kenny Pickett, and I just about drove to his house and smacked him. I I thought about offering you like Chase Edmonds that, that is for, a for Kenny Pickett, Pickett, which which is like Thank Chase you, Edmonds. Is, Chase Edmonds actually kind of good scoring touchdowns yeah, and stuff. He's, he's not James great. Conner. He's like he's not great, <laughs> but he just scores a touchdown almost every game. Like you could use him occasionally, but I I'm I'm trying to find my quarterback elsewhere. So anyway, um. Let's continue. Let's yeah, continue so on. DK Sorry. Metcalf had had some stories, Instagram stories from the bathroom. Uh, 
Those but unfortunately I got, oh, are not there. The, the reason I I brought it up though is because I, I is a sleeper, and this one's what made me think of the fantasy football trade getting completed. I went on a sleeper, and it just sends an alert that says DK Metcalf on the injury cart. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but then you no. saw the, the Twitter comments were like, damn, y'all, this game is brutal. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's just like like eulogizing DK. And I'm like, oh no. And then they then the announcers cut to the sideline reporter and she just goes, she just goes, uh, uh, yeah, he just had to use the bathroom. And then DK, of course, tweets out, yeah, he said, like unlike Lamar, who just denied it for life. <laughs> lame, lame, loser Lamar. DK is out here. He just, what did he say? He, he said, said that pinch and shuffle wasn't going to do it. <laughs> oh, no, no. He said, yeah, he said the clench, the clench and walk right. wasn't going to make it. <laughs> All right, Kevin, uh, these rookie tackles have been impressing uh, through through so far this year. So uh, what did you see this week from uh, from Abe Lucas and Charles Cross? Uh, I saw that again, like, so Charles Cross just is consistently put on an island. He has one of the hardest blocking assignments that you could have in football, which is functionally no help and constantly having to deal with probably the best pass rusher on the opposite team. Um, let's see. Detroit doesn't have great pass rushers, but what I saw was cross. Uh, um, the officiating in this game was sure a thing. It was a real thing. They did it, it a was great actually, job of making the- sure that they were important in the second half. In for in the first half, it was like way way worse. Uh, in the second half, I they they basically were like, all right, it's good now. But yeah, the it was really weird. Yeah, and so there were a couple of calls that went against Cross that um, Cross had one bad. He had one bad holding, but the other, yeah, yeah, he had one bad hold, and he had another call against him where he just rode the edge player out around the backside of Gina like you're supposed to, and it was somehow a hold. So. I felt like, again, it was a respectable game. Uh, next week should be an interesting test against a pair of good pass rushers. But I don't know, man. They're rookie offensive tackles. They like I think my biggest compliment for Abe Lucas is every once in a while, you notice a really good run block. Otherwise, how often do you notice Abe Lucas? Like, uh, what a compliment to a right tackle. You just like he's don't not what he him. was in the uh, in the preseason Mullen dudes. Yeah, he he has had a couple he's, plays like that never this season, up. but you're right. He's been pretty non nondescript, but like not in a bad way. Yeah, uh, he is. He is higher. He is ranking higher among like like they show these lists like PFF grade or uh, pass pass block win rate and stuff. He is ranking uh, <coughs> the highest among the rook, one of the highest among the rookie tackles or the highest. So How much would you have good. paid to have Jermaine Effetti be nondescript for four games in a row? Yeah. Like no, <laughs> nondescript no for a right tackle is a significant compliment. Hey, good job. You messed nothing up and did your job perfectly adequate. And didn't like, have great a job, false man. start every quarter. All right, Eric, we got to talk. We got to talk tight end. Tight end. You don't want to talk we, Gabe we Jackson to... before we, we leave can, the offensive can... uh, line? Uh, yeah, sure. He's bad. What yes. <laughs> That's. I just want to point out that Gabe Jackson, <laughs> you are the weakest link still. Still bad. Yeah, still. I mean, this was his best game, but it was mostly because like <laughs> everyone played good. Not from the eye test. Lions, it wasn't Lions defense. I mean, best being a relative term. Yeah, of course. Uh, OK, so let's talk tight end. Um, The first thing I want to bring up, Eric, to, that I think is interesting that you may mm. or may not have, have noticed is that these tight ends are lining up in the slot a lot. I am noticing have that. You, yeah, like we come out with two of them on a lot of plays, and then one of them gets out there in the slot, kind of a, a big slot look. Do you think that's a 
is that new to Waldron? Is that is that something Russ didn't like, or is that uh, is that a Geno thing, or or do we just have good tight ends? What what's what do you think's the cause? The like the root cause of the the big slot kind of emerging? And I'll, I'll give you a stat. I'll just give the stats really quick. Colby Parkinson's lining up in the slot on forty two percent of his snaps. Disley on twenty one percent, and Noah Fant on twenty nine percent. Do you have the, the quick show. information from who's catching the most balls, like a percentage? Yeah, so uh, I'm guessing Parkinson has six. Parkinson has six receptions. Okay. Uh, uh, Disley has twelve, and Fant has ten. But that's also a product of how many routes they've run. Uh, Parkinson's ran the least, forty-four uh, mm-hmm. routes for Parkinson, 60, uh, 64 for Disley, and seventy-one for Fant. Okay, so, so Disley so is it, the is the most productive from the slot, and he's also block and he's also blocking mm-hmm. the most. Yes, which is interesting. Like Disley it's like is, um, I don't know if he's wor- uh, you know living up to his contract. He sure is working it though. He is he's putting in work. He's doing it all over the field. Um, he's by far our best tight end. He he runs well out of the tight end position and out of the slot. Colby Parkinson, keep trying. Big play. Is he big play Parkinson? Is that not is that what we yet. call him now? No, not yet. no. He's but averaging he's Mr. Sticks. Nine nine <laughs> yards, nine yards, average depth of target. He's getting down the field, man. He's it's honestly big, it's big play Parky. Uh, <laughs> he's starting I, out. That's slow. probably better than my nickname, the Stick Shaker. The Stick Shaker. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna will this into existence. Big play Parky. No, because every. Every game, it seems like he's taking a step, which I think you needed to do because, you know, last year he was kind of. He's taking a lot of steps. He averaged 14 yards a catch. Oh, thank you. That requires did, actually, several steps. Several he steps. doesn't take he doesn't take as many steps as you think, though, because he's six foot seven. Thank you. Yeah, he just That's takes true. like five. He's it's not a lot <laughs> of five steps. really big, big steps because he's big. Sl- he's big. Slides. The big the big actually is doing double duty there. He's big play Parky and he's big. I'm really big. He's the teacher on field day who just measures things by really giant steps. One. I need to put a, if I put a a button on this, on the, on the soundboard with booing effects, I would have booed myself right there. Uh, Anyway, uh, the tight ends as a group performing well, Eric, which, uh, which they, they basically caught every ball that's been thrown to them too. Only one, one uh, target that's gone to tight ends has been incomplete. That's incredible. I know. I'll grade him as such. Like Disley is, I think, by far and away our best. Noah Fant is kind of uh, Mr. You don't see him until it's too late. And then perhaps Stick Shaker Parkinson or uh, Big Play Parkinson uh, could be I mean, the wild card. I, I get why Kevin's calling him that. I mean, six receptions, six first downs. I, I get it. I see what you're doing, Kevin. Yeah. I, I, I'm aware, but. Which is, uh, has a lot of value to an offense for sure. Like yeah, a tight end that just moves the sticks every single time. Like that's 19, a really good player. You, 19 yards per reception. You asked if this was a Shane Waldron thing or Russ didn't like yeah. it. I think Russ not being able to throw over the middle of the field. Sorry. It's not just, it's not just being rude. It's a yeah, fact. At this point, it's becoming more and more just reality. And right? I, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I didn't want to see Russ go, and everything we say about Russ that's bad is going to sound like sour grapes. or like, oh, we're glad he's gone. Uh, <laughs> and I don't want it to be that way. But do you notice, not only is Gino throwing to tight ends more, Gino is actually throwing from the pocket. He's moving out of the pocket better, meaning he's stepping up. He's not running back 20 yards. Uh, dare I say Gino can kind of run better than Russ can recently? Is that too much yeah. to say? 
Gino, well, in this game, that that is true. Gino put, put Gino put the wheels on in this game in a way that he had not in the past. One thing I've started to notice about Gino is that he, yeah, you're right. He steps up in the pocket. He makes really good choices. I think I've been saying, I've been kind of banging this drum since week two that any problems with the offense are not Gino based. He's doing mm-hmm. completely fine. He's doing a more than passable NFL quarterback job. He's on that Jared Goff level of like quarterback I would prefer to have someone better than, but totally not his fault that we're losing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that that level of quarterback um he's better than Goff right now obviously we just beat the lions in their house but the thing that I, that i noticed is his time to throw is really long and so um as his and that's just been the case his whole career if you go farther and farther back is that he just takes a while to get rid of the ball and that means um and a pattern is starting to emerge for me is that when he's blitzed uh their problems occur and that's that's something that teams might be able to key on later in the season is we might, be, he might start seeing more blitzes because teams might realize, you know, Hey, if we can get a couple, we can just get a little bit of pressure on this guy. Um, things can start to go, to go a little awry for him, but man, we keep him clean and our offensive line is pretty good. We are, we're able to do that. He is just looked, he's just looked awesome. All right, yeah, Kevin. He was only pressured seven times in the last game. The other thing is, and just kind of speaking to the tight end point you're making, I feel like yeah. they've been doing a lot of hot reads to tight ends, which makes it so even when they blitz, there's not a lot of pressure there. A lot of those throws to Parkinson, it's like, hey, flood concept, and one of these three guys on this side is going to be free. And hey, it's a really good play for Geno. Speaking of hot reads, uh, can we stop Geno from hot reading into Kenneth Walker getting killed on a on a inside <laughs> handoff? Can we can we can we figure that one out? Like so, I think it happened like three times in this game where he he called inside inside zone play for for Walker and he just got murdered in the backfield and like barely got back to the line of scrimmage. There was like a pl- there was like plays where Kenneth Walker's getting hit in the backfield and he's just like it's like Chris Carson where he's just trying to make a one yard run out of a negative four yard or the run. running back screen where he throws it to him like five yards behind the line of scrimmage with a linebacker already tackling him. Yeah, and it was like, just throw that in the dirt, Gino. Like, Gino's just doing his uh, Ron Burgundy. You know, he just does whatever's on the teleprompter. And that will get you to a certain point on offense. And it won't get you yeah. past a certain point on offense. But it's enough to evaluate an offense from. Yeah, and I think, like, like I'm starting to come around on the idea that, like, next year, if we have to, uh, you know, if the draft does not break our way in getting a quarterback. And the quarterbacks I like right now are... Um, Stroud, I like Tanner McKee, and I kind of like Will Levis. Although he he is uh, he is turning the ball, he is turning the ball (laughs) over quite a bit um, in a way that I think would scare Pete Carroll, bare minimum. (laughs) Uh, But but if the the, one of those guys is not available in the right spot in the draft for us, uh, you you really start to think like, okay, well, what if we just take like a great defensive end, a great cornerback, and like a great, you know another great defensive player and an interior offensive lineman, you know, and we just really build the team and like have a transition year, like the last Tavares Jackson year, right? Where was Jackson good? No, Gino's actually much better than Tavares Jackson was, (laughs) but, 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 yeah, rest in peace. I, you know, I have a big stack of Tavares Jackson jersey and autograph cards on my desk that I just been waiting to give away to people on the Discord. So I have so many. I have like twenty. Are you just because sad? every time you look at him, you just get sad? No, I no, it makes me happy because you know you you want to you want to live the memories. I mean, all these they're all rookies too. They're every single one is a rookie like jersey card. He um, but he lived his best life that uh, that Seahawks year. Yeah, like like great. way, way to go out on his own note on that one. Uh, but yeah, but but Gino is better than that. 
but either way, Gino is not like a guy who's you're you're like, oh yeah, fourth quarter down a touchdown. we we got this. Gino's Gino's on the job. <laughs> that's that's not a feeling I'm ever gonna have. And and uh that's okay though. Ooh, Mariners like, related comment. He's Bob Wolcott. Sure. Uh, he's Marco <laughs> you don't Gonzalez. Have something better. So you're happy that you have him. Oh, but if Marco, you could get something better, you'd be happy to have something better. <laughs> I mean, he's really hot right now, too. Like if he keeps up playing the way he does, um, he is playing right now. If, you know, three out of four games he plays great. And then the one out of the four games, the offense scores zero points. Like I'll feel very good about Gino this season. I think he's going to start to slump a little bit. And so that's that's kind of where I'm at on that. But here or there. I think you can roll into next season with Gino and compete for a playoff spot if you use your high draft capital this year on like a bunch of defensive players that are really big impacts. Do you worry that I, that team with a couple more defensive assets, especially at a pass rusher, would be too good to be in the quarterback market the following year? No, because you can always trade like your whole draft to get a quarterback if you really want to do it. Yeah, but People last time we pe- didn't have an entire draft, it really sucked. Yeah, but we'll have had, but we we will have two double drafts in a row from the rest trade. So I like I'm not. So if you average it out over three drafts, then exactly. All right, one plus two plus one plus one. Exactly. (laughs) So 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 you're just thinking, okay, Dwayne Eskridge got a carry, guys. Ed got a pass. Dwayne Eskridge got a catch. Ooh, banner day at the Eskridge house, and then. That's it. That's all I got. Well, and then and then then he hurt his back, (laughs) and he had to sit out, and he said. All right, can I go home now? Yes. Yeah, uh, between him and Sky Moore, I'm thinking that though that might not be fer- that Western Michigan University might not be a fertile ground for wide receiver prospects <laughs> at this point. Because uh, as a Sky Moore dynasty owner, boy, it's not going well, and D. Eskridge is not doing anything for me either. But luckily for D. Eskridge, he doesn't have to be good because we already talked about the tight ends and Kevin, DK, and Tyler. Wow, just a, just a banner day for them. 149 yards for DK, 91 yards for Tyler Lockett. Those guys were moving the chains all game. We had five first downs from DK and three from Tyler. Like, what is it? Is it is it exciting to you to see these guys still be able to produce at such a level, even though it's uh, you know we we thought there'd be a drop off from Gino to Ru- from Russ to Gino. Yeah, and I think this is one of those clear instances of understanding. Like DK is open. And when he looks like he's not open, he still might be open. And when he looks like he's completely covered, he still might be open. And Gino has to figure that out because being able to feed him like we did in this game is important. Like Jeffrey Okuda has been playing really well this season. Um, He had that great game against Justin Jefferson and everybody was rather. Yeah. And everyone was ready to declare him like the next shutdown number one corner. And like, let's just say uh, DK pinched off two loads in that game. And one of them was all <laughs> over Jeff Okuda. The the Jeff Jeff Okuda in this game matchup, uh, we targeted him six times, five receptions, 124 yards, uh, four first downs. He had a pass breakup on a DK pass, but was really pretty much, you know, every time we targeted him, we beat him the rest of the game. So, yeah, I mean, he wasn't as bad as Awarie or uh, Anzalone or he, they had so, so many, so many <laughs> of these. They got victimized. Anzalone. But it was but Alex Anzalone. I like that DK it was, was uh, we hit him on Dan's slants. Real name. Um, and we hit him on some of those in breaking routes. And because they had to respect those kind of quick breaking five and seven yard routes, it made it so he went up the field because, um, Gino has a lot of trouble kind of throwing it on a rope. It's not that he doesn't have the arm strength. It's that he has trouble being both accurate and strong. 
And so a lot of his kind of downfield passes tend to get a little loft. And so because they had to kind of play in a trail position against DK, so they didn't have to risk him just kind of breaking the route and picking up that easy 12 yards he did a few times, it made it so those longer pass plays, they were vulnerable to them. And he just out-muscled his guy and went and got the ball. It's that number one receiver move that we've been looking for him to make more and more. Like this was a this was a DK as a number one receiver kind of game. And then right. Tyler Lockett had that like freak fumble on the uh, punt return. But otherwise, he was just, again, it was a lot of quick outbreaking routes, um, quick in-breaking routes over the middle at the seam. Uh, so they lost their best safety, and we were clearly victimizing them for that because we attacked the seams big on this game. And uh, I feel like that was both a beneficiary for Lockett and for DK. Um, all right. Do you guys want to? So Noah Fant, uh, he tweeted. I haven't tweeted anything in a while. Anything y'all want to know? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then so so then he's uh, responding um, like, you know, who's the funniest guy on the team? Travis Homer or Kay Johnson? But then someone asked, is Geno Smith him? And what do Ooh. you think Noah Ferris responded? Is Geno Smith he? I'm sorry, that was a that was a Scrooge <laughs> reference. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> he responded, you're never gonna guess this. He responded, Hemi Neutron. <laughs> <laughs> that's I a don't yes. know whether I'm in or out on him now. I don't oh, I man. like it. I like it. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a dub for me. I love it. Hey, uh, uh real quick note on Tyler Lockett. This was oh, a guy yeah. I thought that we were going to see less of this year. <clears throat> I mm-hmm. thought there was a chance he'd get traded. Uh, I thought it would take it's... time for him to get a rapport. No, Tyler Lockett's just amazing. He doesn't need a rapport. The guy looked like classic Tyler Lockett. Yeah, and consummate I mean, professional. Yes, we we're we're really close to him have uh, getting married. So we'll see how that affects his uh, his performance. Finally, you know, finally getting there on that one. Uh, the thing, one thing about <laughs> one thing about Tyler Lockett is his contract is extremely difficult to move until twenty twenty four. So yep. we're basically stuck with him for the next two years. This year, if we would have cut um, him it would have launched $34 million in dead cap onto our Yikes. And he's 30. Like that's, it's kind of interesting. Like he's, he's a little older than, uh, than a lot of those guys who get big, got big contracts. Like he, we paid him late, but I think there's a, there's a Pete Carroll kind of philosophy thing, which is like, if guys are performing at a really high level, you pay them because what does it say to the rest of the team? If you don't. Yeah. No kidding. And, I tend to, I kind of agree. Like it, it is kind of a culture setter to be like, Hey, look at Tyler. He's getting a thousand yards every year. He's getting after it in the passing game. Like let's, we pay him because that's like the right thing to do. You know, that's like, we, it shows the other guys that, uh, that we're ready. All right. Uh, you guys ready for defense? No. Cause we can't not talk about the run game after the week that they had. Oh, sure. Rashad, sure. Uh, Rashad Penny. Good. Like do Penny have four <laughs> runs, 15 yards or more. Like yeah. that's where gross. he where he hit another year. That's that's what was so impressive about it. He had 118 yards after contact, seven yard, almost seven yards per contact after attempt. He leads the league in yards after contact per attempt right now. Um, he's not breaking like a million tackles, so his his elusive rating on PFF isn't super high. He's like ninth, I think. Um, Nick Chubb is the missed tackle forced king right now. But uh, yeah, Rashad Penny, good. Like we, I don't think. At least on this podcast, I don't think there's ever been any disagreement among us about whether Rashad Penny was actually good at football. Yeah, the question is, whether he could be on a football when, field. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, when does the doomsday clock run out <laughs> on Rashad Penny being able to play football? Like if he if he if he stays healthy the whole season, this guy is running for a thousand yards. He is getting ten plus touchdowns. 
he will have a bunch of big plays. Yeah, he could have a um, Frank Gore career where all of his injuries happen early, and then he's yeah. just like Mr. Reliable for a long time. That would not be surprising. The the Keenan Allen. Okay, let's let's talk about this now. Then I'll start with you, Eric. The the Rashad Penny. It's a question we can start asking. If he continues to play at this level and does not get injured, do you bring him back? And at like eight, he's probably going to get like eight million a year, right? Like the, that's what um, <laughs> that's what about what free agent running backs who are good, like Kenny Drake or someone like that. And this seems a little better, but the injury history probably knocks him down to that level. Do you pay him like two sixteen? from from here on like this is his last season with us right yeah it is we, we don't have yeah we, we have, have a one-year deal for uh like about uh, four and a half yeah five and half, six. if you really think eight million a year is going to get it and i don't know what that money is yeah. going to look like with a five points five point six this year so yeah i'm gonna so you get it you get a raise maybe eight eight and a half you do you yes. pull the trigger on like 219 for rashad penny i think tonight i think that's i think you take that in a second um i think he's probably going to want more longevity, uh, better contracts. So you're looking at probably three twenty six. Would I do that? Ugh, that two nineteen. Well, yes, three twenty six. I don't know. Like it. I think like no matter what, you got to give him like fifteen million in guarantees, something like that, right? Like you can't. You probably can't get away with any less than that in the in the guarantees category, which is which is a lot. Like it's a lot for a twenty six year old running back with his kind of injury history. Yeah, that's wouldn't pay him more than Aaron fun. Jones. I don't think. Like, what I did Aaron, Jones? Have to. Aaron Jones is averaging 12 a year. So he is. Oh, there's no way he's getting over 10. Oof, that I'll, would I'll make just me so uncomfortable. I'll just say this. If if it's over 10, I just don't think I think you walk away because you have Ken Walker already. Um, you have a bunch of young running backs that can pro- that can fill roles. Travis Homer is a third down back. DJ Dallas is a versatile back. So it's kind of like maybe the James Connors type deal where it's uh, like two or three years averages around seven a year or something like that. I think a little more, a little more, but yes, like Connor got three twenty one. I think Connor was pretty damaged goods uh, in this offseason. So Penny gets like three twenty four with fifteen guaranteed, something like that, right? And I think Penny's better than James Connor. I think most people would say that. So yeah, it's like three ceilings way higher. Yeah, eight eight to ten million in that range, two or three years. uh, If it's two years, I'll take it. Fifteen million or so in guarantees. That's 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 my guess. Well, because Gary Um, Canary's getting twelve and a half, he's not going to get twelve. Like. That's that's a lot. And I mean, there's good running backs coming through the pipe through the pipe next year, right? Like Bijan Robinson is. is is going to take like a like a huge chunk of uh, like air in the pre-draft process. Well, and, and Ken Walker could be a starting running back. Like, I feel like he's shown that he has a lot of uh, quality attributes. And by next year, he could be a starting the, running back. The problem with Ken Walker always was like he's just he was not involved in the passing game at all in college and didn't seem like he wanted to be. Does that make sense? Like didn't really try hard to block. Didn't really, uh, wasn't really like, um, out there running a bunch of routes. Just, he got him, he got himself taken off the field in those situations. It was not like, a his, his action, his actions had consequences, I guess. I don't know how else to say it. Um, young man. <laughs> all right. Can we go, can we now go to defense? Yeah. Yeah. We can defense. Eric, Eric, Tariq Woolen, lead it off. I know you want to talk about. I know you loved your long-armed uh, defensive backs. <laughs> uh, I didn't really think Tariq Woolen would be our star. Um, I guess our cornerback to pick one, uh, to run one back. I didn't think that would happen first. I thought that maybe he'd do that this year. Maybe have a couple picks. Uh, first, uh, first Seahawk cornerback, young guy to run it back this year. I hope we see more of that. Tariq Woolen uh, is kind of finding his way 
Uh, he's had some some penalties. I'm not stoked on earlier in the year, but in a in a game where you needed to have a turnover to win this game, uh, you know, winning seventy five to seventy two. Uh, Tariq Woolen is maybe barely out of the Pistons. So, <laughs> so many. Uh, uh, that's good because the Pistons always had low scoring games. Kevin, uh, I don't know if you can say Tariq Woolen was like the player of the game, but I think he had the play of the game. Dude, that was such a smooth pick six. It was so smooth, no bobble. Um, sorry, Jamal Adams. Um, just, uh, just a uh, honestly. You said bobble, not take it off the helmet. That's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like what I'm seeing from Tariq Woolen. Uh, Michael Jackson, I'd like to see a little more Tariq Woolen in you. I never thought I'd say oh, that. I think Michael Jackson is done. I, I think oh, as players, think so? I think as players come back from injuries, he's going to work his. They're going to work him off the field. Uh, it was he's it was fun. Really for, it was fun for a couple of weeks, but he's just not not doing as well as I would like. He, he's not his. He's just missing tackles a lot too. Like he's he part of the he's part of the tackling issues of like guys that are just like not in the right spots. But Kevin, I actually wanted to go for to you for some something uh, uh, not secondary related uh, first. Ooh. Uh, Shelby Harris, the return. We talked last week about how you said you said like how does the defense get better? And the first thing out of my mouth was Shelby Harris comes back, and boy did he deliver in game one, did he not? Yeah, I felt like that was uh, something we agreed was Shelby Harris and. Trey Brown could be difference makers um, based on the position in those spots. Yeah. And man, what did he do? He came out and had three pressures. He was a part of. um, So there's a couple of sacks that aren't counted as sacks, but he was part of those. Um, He played stout against the run game. I feel like having Quentin Jefferson and Shelby Harris both available allows us to play with three down linemen in a true nose more often and I feel like that's showing out in the snap counts. Al Woods had like, I think 21 uh, nose snaps. Monet had like four. So it is something that's growing. That's about a third of the snaps. I mean, I don't want them doing it on obvious passing downs. And there was a lot of passing in this game Yeah, by, there was. by the Detroit Lions. A big so, 12 so, game. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't want us to do that. Now, Kevin, let's, let's pivot over to the, to the outside. Uh, Boye Mafe has really stolen a lot of snaps from Taylor where now they're about even. Um, what do you, what do you think uh, each of these guys is now? What what are the, how are their roles kind of changing on, on the team as the season is wearing on? I think we're well. I think that Daryl Taylor is a player whose pass rush acts as the catalyst for what he's able to do, and so it makes sense to me that you might bring him in for us for a lower snap count. Um, you know, we we talked about Mister Gold Jackets. Uh, you don't want too many Betsameoa snaps because then his pass rush kind of tails off. I'm wondering if in the current role, that's going to be the case for Daryl Taylor, too. It, it, he was more effective as a pass rusher in this game. Like he has seven yeah, he pressures on the pressures. season and he had three of them this game. So basically half of his season's pressures came this game. Yeah, and he was getting pressures on like what one out of seven of, it, of his snaps or so. It's not terrible. It's yeah. pretty solid. So if we're bringing him in as more of a pass rush specialist, <laughs> on the other hand, Boye Mafe's thing was he just needed like a lot more snaps of playing a dedicated position of football. Like Boye Mafe just hadn't played a ton of football uh, before he got to Minnesota and even in Minnesota to an extent. And so treating this whole season, like an extended preseason, getting him a ton of snaps, getting him a lot of runs, seeing what he can go do uh, makes a lot of sense for what his needs are too. So 
I'm a fan I, of this method of seeing Taylor as more of a pass rush specialist. Mafe is more of a guy who can provide some pressure, but and he sets the edge way better on the run game. It's just a fact. Yeah, Mafe sets the edge better, and he's better in coverage. While Jordan Brooks, I'm sorry, not Jordan Brooks, Daryl Taylor is obviously a, a little better in a in at the pass rush. So, like, yeah, I think these players complement each other really well and can kind of fill out a rotation if. Um, you know, as we see the the, the tra- trajectory of this defense, we want to we'd probably want to add an elite pass rusher to the group, and I think that those guys, you know, could really complement on their side each other and uh, kind of split the snaps the way they are now. And if that um, pass rusher ends up being more of an interior guy, like somebody who's one of those three down linemen, then having Nuosu, Taylor, and Mafe to provide some of that speed rush on the outside, while you have someone who's playing over the guard um or over the tackle providing more interior pass rush like that's a that's a really dangerous combination other teams will not want to have to deal with that so you know the seahawks have tried this in the past uh luke jokel and uh Ooh, that's well, a name uh, comes to mind where they sign a first round talent that has not panned out in their uh in their first or second round i guess because new is a second rounder where they signed a first round uh talent from another team that has not panned out and then uh, try to, you know, get a little more out of them. The Seahawks are doing that right now with Nuosu, and it seems like it's finally successful, Eric. <laughs> did they, did they, have we, have we finally struck gold on one of these, uh, like, physical talent reclamation signings? Is Nuosu the real deal? Holy field. I, I, he is for this year. I mean, I think it's, I mean, I have no evidence to back this up. So here we go. Wait, are you saying he's more Mr. Right now than Mr. Right? Yes. Yes. That's what we're all looking for is Mr. Right now, according to my uh, weekly gossip column that none of you are reading. Um, I think it's easier to do on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, for the, I don't know, a couple of years we went after uh, offensive linemen. Thank you for bringing up Luke, uh, Luke Jokel. It was uh, just about out of my brain. And then you brought him back. Um, <laughs> but I feel like. I feel like the defense Robert just, Gallery, just, DJ Fluker. Uh, like, let's keep going. Safe. Yeah, the list. DJ Fluker is a big one, but Luke Jokel was the worst one. That's it's like I the energy. Yeah. Well, I think wasn't it like eight million a year too? It was ridiculous. No, it's uh, he's like the Energizer Bunny. We can keep going on and on about you know all these bad signings, but Chance I don't know. I feel like Carlos Dunlap, even though wasn't he a trade acquisition? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we just, traded. We traded like the thirty seventh pick in the twenty seventy four draft or something for him. Getting getting pass rush, getting an in, getting an inside guy um, to fill those roles, I think is a lot easier. And yeah, Nuosu is. I don't know. Since game one, he's been doing the work. It's been pretty awesome to watch. We traded BJ Finney and a seventh for Carlos. Dunlap. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, pick, pick number like two hundred and seventy five. Okay, uh, I'm gonna push also, back a little bit. Eric. Yeah, uh, 15 total pressures, two sacks. I think that he's better than um, I think he's better so, than his numbers are right now. So he's on pace to finish the season with like nine sacks that I would be really happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to finish with nine sacks on like 60 pressures. That's that's good. And that's good. I feel like that matches the trajectory. Last season, he had 41 he, pressures and five sacks coming off of 27 and five in 2020. And his pass rushing snaps are going up. Um, yeah, the th- this is this is what I was going to say, Kevin, is that my pushback is that he's playing a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's easy to get a lot more pressures and sacks when you play a lot more snaps. So like, is well, that well, we're just talking about a guy who's playing on? a lot more snaps. He doesn't really keep it like the, yeah. I think that I think that the is the kind of guy where if you play him more, he his production rate doesn't seem to drop. 
Let's look. Let me look at like who uh, I'm going to look at. Yeah. Like uh, pressures per uh, pass pass rush. So pass rush productivity. So our best guys so far this year, I'm going to not include like secondary players. Yeah. Nuos is getting home on 8.8% of, uh, of his pass rush snaps, which is like fringe top 10 for people who play more than 50% of pass rushing snaps. Like that's, that's uh, really solid. Over, I'm, I looked at it earlier today. Over 10% is good. I, I uh, I looked at the like the the league wide stats for this this particular stat earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like over ten is like the really good territory, and then like over nine is like going to be like pretty good. And then yeah, eight point eight is solid. It's like a it's like a number one starter. Yeah, yeah. If he's our 8. secondary 8. pass rusher and we draft like a real legit guy, then you're talking about a really yes, solid pass rushing combo. That would be awesome. What's our what's then, our uh, man, contract with him? Uh, I think next year we have him. Yeah, it's just one more year, and then it's uh, it's Honestly, around eight for it's sixteen. I think it's two sixteen was the contract. That's great if it's two years because I say he's Mister Right now because as you say he's playing a lot of time. I don't. I'd love to say that he's going to extrapolate his stats what he's doing now all season, but you know we've seen pass rushers just play too Some, much and kind of play themselves out. Um, man, our secondary, our our players right here, man, our edge guys, Daryl Taylor, four point five percent, Mafe, three point five percent. It's 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 tough sledding out there for for some of these uh, some of these guys. The growing right pains now. are real. Quentin Jefferson, six point five percent. It's not bad. Quentin Jefferson's looked all right this season. Not like great, but you know we kind of know what he is. Hugh Jeff and Harris point. will help the pass rush overall. Like they're just. Um, two just guys who good. have a really good motor, and they'll get like mop up sacks if the coverage is good. All right, this is the last thing we got to talk about, and it's I waited because I well we could talk about safeties. Josh Jones, we we've talked about enough on this podcast. I feel yeah. like I feel like Josh Jones deserves no more airtime. Uh, just just know you know how we feel. Looking point. forward to seeing Ryan Neal get more snaps at the end. Yeah, I I always gonna say Ryan Neal. I, he said he was not on a snap count, but I have that find that hard to believe if he couldn't play over uh, over Josh Jones. Yep. So, yep. But but you know what he was he like had a couple good plays and then he got targeted in the past game five five times and gave up forty five catches. So it was basically his preseason game. So I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, he's had, he's played what six total snaps prior to this game. He's he's basically not not played. He he didn't have a play where he looked like Barton or Jones. Like Jones taking that stiff arm on the long Jamal run. Barton Cody. playing patty cake on the sideline <laughs> on the Hawkinson like eighty one yarder. Cody like, Barton is bad. The- Cardi Butner is a black hole like that. The goal line play I posted on the discord was the worst one. Like he just <laughs> goes and finds a place. All, to he has, all he has to do is run fit. All he has to do is run through the hole and tackle the running back. And he just decides to run into the guy, into a guy. And it's like, well, you got, you got to, you got to pick something to run into. I know I'm trying to see where his brain. I'm really glad that Barton is being controlled by the Madden 2013 AI. Here's my thing with Cody Barton. <laughs> it, when if you're covering a guy down the sideline, you don't need to feel him up before you tackle him. You don't need to kind of run alongside him and kind of feel his, you know, his rib cabes and his hips. You could just tackle the guy. He had to make sure that he wasn't armed before this is, he got into oh, his drum. Kevin, are you saying that he watched a little too much of the Last Boy Scout? Um, <laughs> here's my problem. Just watching you know a lot of Tex- Walker Texas Ranger on his way. <laughs> you know how much I love Cody Barton two years ago. And <laughs> you saw well because but what have you here's loved for me lately? <laughs> what's what's what here's the thing about Cody Barton? You say like I loved him two years ago, but you were you were right. Like he had flashy plays in a pre in the preseason where you're like, hey, that could be a dude. I thought you he know? would and take the next step and the occasional right. pass rush. Yeah. Yeah. He's still 
he's still that guy. He's just the same guy he's always been. <laughs> yeah. He's never, he it's never, way more occasional. Changed. It's way more occasional. <laughs> yeah. Now he plays 46 snaps a game and you're just like, Oh, make it stop. Like doing that. Kevin Pierre Lewis football IQ. Woo. And, and oh, Jordan wow. Brooks is Jordan That's Brooks is right struggling. On. And I don't know if it Jordan Brooks, uh, if playing next to Bobby instead of, uh, <laughs> Cody Barton was the problem or, if uh, he's not, he's, he seems like he's still making good choices out there, but he, he is getting, he's like over pursuing some. And I just, I don't know if he's just pressing or if it's uh I think that's exactly it. I think he's pressing and that's something it's a dangerous habit that you saw in his college tape because he was playing for a college that notoriously doesn't believe has, in has defense. Bad defense. Well, the, well, our team right now, doesn't seem like they believe in defense. Texas tech had a religious exemption from defense. And that was problematic. And sometimes you would see Jordan Brooks over pursue because he really had that thought in his head. Like, well, if I don't make this tackle, literally no one will. And he was probably right. And he's probably right this year, too. All right, Eric, I can hear you gathering up your notes. What do you got? What's, I'm actually trying to get to the door so I can I can get some my my little puppy away from the door. That's let me, let me do that. Let me I, was, do that. I was like I was like I was like I was like is Eric like gathering up like a I'm like so a really sorry. good? I'm he's trying so hard to spinning like spinning the Rolodex. Yes, pretty, I thought you were like I, I thought you like had some, door? I thought you like had a paper and you were like looking at it or something. I, okay, I like, oh, here yeah. it is. I wrote it down. Cody Barton <laughs> could be a lot better. There you go. <laughs> he has actually, yeah, copious uh, notes on Michael Dixon. Draft, draft notes. <laughs> oh yeah, Michael Dixon notes. Yeah, he didn't yeah. have to play in this game. Yeah, very good, very good holding. Although, oh, you Jason Myers, my notes. <laughs> Jason Meyer, uh, dis- Myers distracted on one of his field goals by the birth of his child. So we'll excuse it completely it was really weird though like he that was he nailed a, a 50 <laughs> he nailed a 50 plus yarder but the 30 the 36 yarder or whatever it was man he shanked it so bad <laughs> i was like whoa this is this is way off something happened on this play but yeah jason jason meyer seems fine uh michael dixon didn't have to do anything except hold in this game uh there was the last i want to talk about the last kind of play of the game the the onside kick uh wow dj dallas just bailed us out on that play. Yeah. Cause I Ballor was, made a real bad play. I was so scared that, that we, if we, cause Ballor definitely touched it first. Like oh, I don't yeah. know what he was doing. And then, so yeah, Ballor's touches it. And then I just like had a panic attack. I was like, are we about to go to overtime in this <laughs> stupid game? Like I, I was like so mad, but no, <laughs> I was rescued by DJ Dallas. I was super relaxed all, for some reason. All praise DJ. Yeah. Cause I guess, are, are you at the point where you don't care if we win or lose anymore? I'm still, I, I'm still like trying to win, I think. <laughs> I, maybe that's it because I, so I kind of want to bring like, I know this is petty. I want to have like Denver Broncos watch every podcast, especially when they lose. I'm kind of like, you know what? Let's just go for double top 10 picks, you know, and let's win those games we should and then be relaxed the whole season. And it, I don't know, this Lions game was like, it was awesome. It, we won but I didn't care if we lost. <laughs> I was, I was into it the whole time, but the, I think it's because the Falcons game every week I'm high. And then I'm down the next week. High See, I feel like we had that great week. third quarter. And so it was like, well, now we have to win this one. Come on. We actually like came dangerously close to playing a complete game on offense. Denver. Okay. Let's just say it. Russ had his best game of the year and they still got crunched by friggin josh mcdaniels who i know <laughs> wanted to beat denver bad that was a that was a revenge josh mcdaniels revenge game if there ever was one uh so yeah i don't know Den- denver watch they 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 stink denver watch not, i'd rather not denver thinking. watch 
Denver watch. They're going eight and nine, and we're getting like the fifteenth pick in the draft. That's, I'll that's take my take it. That's my Denver watch. Okay, special teams good. We're done with that. Let's go to our uh, game. We're going to face the New Orleans Saints. Uh, mystery quarterback Jameis Winston is was out last week. Is trending towards out this week. Dennis Allen said that Andy Dalton played very good in the last game. Um, I looked at the stats. I think that is a, hmm. a very generous assessment of how Andy Dalton played. I watched um, the game. He played I watched uh, like good for Dalton. I was going to say, I watched like most of it. And then I was like, I, why am I watching this? <laughs> I, I kind of got mad. I was, I was like, I'm watching Kirk Cousins versus Andy Dalton. What the <laughs> hell am I doing with it? <laughs> why is it 2016? <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, Dalton, Dalton struggles. He had two f- I had fumbles in this game. Uh, he struggles to hold on to the ball and we need to like our pressure needs to be good in this game. Yep. We need to get pressure on him. That's how we if Andy Dalton, if they just keep him clean all game and their offensive line stinks. It is not a good offensive line. Their so tackles have been playing good, but they haven't been super tested either. Yeah. So if they can. Yeah. Like I'm not a big uh, who's their left tackle right now. Uh, uh, James Hurst. It's yeah, because Ramchick's good, but Hurst is a, a swing. Hurt Hurst is question one. I mean, they played Atlanta and then in Tampa Bay, he was okay. So I mean, maybe James Hurst is good. I don't know. You, I just don't think a lot of their offensive line. I think that we can, we can beat them there. And it, if we can beat them there, that's going to be the key because yeah, if we get roasted by Dalton, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take it. That might be it for me. That might be it for me. Nathan getting the firing but, squad from the red rifle. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not good. You can't can't get beat by. And I mean, here's the thing is that their offensive line allowed seven pressures uh, last week against Minnesota. And if I'm being honest, Minnesota's pass rush is probably better than ours. So yeah, maybe we're screwed. I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm more now I'm worried. I, I talked myself into being worried. I was like going to hype myself up. But now I feel like our interior players are better at getting pressure than theirs are. I could see Shelby Harris and Al Woods and I could see some of those dudes having a game. And I and I feel like that's where their offensive line is significantly more gettable. Hey, Kevin, if in the the year of our Lord, 2022, Mark Ingram runs for 100 yards and Andy Dalton throws for 250 yards against the Seahawks. How are you going to feel? You know, actually, I, <laughs> I just don't think I'll feel anything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, that's where it's I'm a very, at this. That is a very real possibility, by the way. Just if you want to throw that out there. I think uh, if our defense is going to play well, it means that we have takeaways. Yes. Turnovers. We need to create turnovers. They throw out Avatar. He gets a pick. Um, our safeties actually do something that would be nice. Uh, maybe a big hit from one of the linebackers instead of a missed tackle. I, I'm, I'm struggling to see. Here's the problem. I worry I think about them offense, running on us. Our offense can score like 28, 35 points in this game, but they're also, how are we going to stop? Yeah. How are we going to stop them from doing stuff? It's just our defense needs a guy that can just tilt the field that can like for that. When you game plan against the Seahawks defense, who do you care about? Like, who are, who are you like? Oh, we got to make sure we take care of that guy. No, who is that guy? It's probably the Seahawks receivers at this point. Right, it, right. But on defense, when we oh. for Seahawks defense, who is that guy? Oh, oh, geez. Um, <laughs> it's Jamal Adams until they remember he's out. I really thought you said no. I don't think it is Jamal Adams. I think it's uh, well. It could have been if he was not. If he's not hurt, it could have been a couple years ago. Maybe yeah. Um, 
I just don't think there's any guy on our defense that you have to like try to stop. It's just, it's just a bunch of like above average to below average football players. And uh, I think Diggs can be that guy, but he's not this season. Yeah. I think Woolen could be that guy, but he's not there yet. Like, and otherwise we have like a lot of, oh man, if Nwosu was your second best pass rusher, oh man, if Harris was your second best guy in your D line, oh man, if, well, I mean, okay. Yeah, right. If Shelby Harris is awesome if you have Bradley Chubb, but we don't have Bradley Chubb. Uh, Quentin, or Quandre Diggs is awesome if you have, you know, another really good defensive back to pair him with. And Willen is getting there. Here's the thing. Our defense is young and we have some exciting players, but I am very concerned that, you know, every team we play is going to be able to execute their game plan. And that is not a place you want to be. And then now we're, now we're going to have to outscore them with Gino, which is we've now done it. <laughs> we've now done it, but it's not like uh, I don't think that's a sustainable. It's a recipe to be six. That's a recipe 11. for six wins. Yeah. I was about to say that's not a recipe <laughs> for 10 wins, but it is a recipe for six. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's get into picks. Eric, start us off. New Orleans saints versus Seattle Seahawks. What do you think? Oh, oh wait. And we're, we're at New Orleans, yeah, we're correct? At New Orleans. Yes. Oh, by the way, when I did my pick for last week, I said, blimey, we suck because I convinced myself that this was the game that we were going to be in England. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, I think that what, game do is, we we have it. We have an away game. It's, it's Germany. Tampa right? Bay. Oh, I'm sorry. You you can overseas, overseas, Germany. Wait, you got to get your German accents ready, man. We got to be ready for that. I Tampa am Bay, a German Seattle. accent. This is this is Eric's game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing uh, lederhosen and all sorts of sauerkraut and other things that I can say because I'm German. Uh, yeah. It won't be offensive. Uh, this game is a game we should, we could possibly win. Guys, I don't want to pick wins. Every time I pick a win, we lose. Every time we pick a yeah, lose, we win. So we, we all picked, we all picked loss last week, and the Seahawks won. Our power, our power still works, but uh, you you can't abuse but it. But now so that we brought it up, win, it also doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not gonna. By the way. New Orleans are six point favorites at home. And I will tell you one of the strongest betting trends in existence is home teams with losing records as favorites. Uh, it's like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you really don't want to bet. You really don't want to bet against it. That's right. like a, that's like a betting trend. You really don't want to, 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 to question. No. And I feel like the saints are kind of, uh, I mean, they're us in the, in the Southeast. It's they're hit and miss. They're, they look good at times. James Winston, wow, he's he's going to be awesome this year. Oh, what happened? He was good last week. Um, although I have more faith in our offense, I got to pick the Saints in this. I'm I'm not going to waver, even though I want to. Twenty eight, eighteen, Saints. I think uh, points will be scored in this game, but the problem is, is that their defense will be able to get some takeaways and uh, create some big plays because they have stars: Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport. Those guys are studs, and and it will that tilts the the field in their direction. Also, Lattimore has been quite bad so far this season, but that is going to change at some point. He is he is too good to not start playing better than he has uh, to this point. So, I I um I suspect that we will lose this game, uh, thirty four to twenty seven, something like that. Uh, Kevin. <laughs> All right. Well, in a really weird note, I have thirty three twenty seven New Orleans. Mm, okay, um, yeah, very very close. We were we were uh, we were 
working the same uh, the same wavelength. Yeah, I this, think, you can I tell- think the only way that we win is if we get three turnovers, we play a really clean game, and DK absolutely lights up uh, a lot of more. You can tell two things about today's podcast. Um, one, Eric was back, so it ran a little longer. And two, um, I actually had time to prepare. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so like I had, I had a bunch of like, I had a bunch of things written down. Did you guys notice? I was like busting out the stats and uh, like I, I was like, I, and I had talking points. I was like, I was like, right. I was so much more ready than coming you off a win. It's so much easier too. you know, you know, also, also just the, you know, I got, I just have a little more time lately. So he wasn't horrendously disappointing. So like, I actually have a lot of notes. It was good. It's been, it's been nice. All right. Well, if you want to support the Seahawks nest podcast, the best way to do so head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks nest for as little as a dollar 24 a month, get in the discord, hang out with us during the games. Uh, it's been it was last week was a uh, was pretty fun. Uh it's especially fun. It's especially fun when people start memeing Russ uh during during the Broncos games because they're in prime time every week. <laughs> they're back this oh, Thursday. People are relentless. <laughs> they're, they're relentless. Hey, I kind of feel bad. Th- That's so funny. Hey, I saw a tweet, Eric, and I thought you'd love this. It's, it was it was um, do you think that they put the Rams versus Broncos on Christmas to force us to spend time with our families? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, as I'm sitting here eating my Danger Witch, I'm uh, I, I like that I tweet. Okay, so Danger Witch, okay, that was from the Super Bowl. I, I gotta talk about this. So I had seen that video already. I'm pretty sure I posted it in the Discord or at least talked about it with people. Um, and it was from during the Super Bowl. During the Super Bowl, Subway ran a promotion where like Russ and a couple other guys had like custom sandwiches, and you could come get them at the Super Bowl. And then like now that now people are realizing Russ is so cringe, they're like going back through all his old content, and find, finding it. Like before the Danger Witch, someone found the old. What was the other old Russ clip people were sharing around? Uh, oh, where he where he does the we care a lot. <laughs> There's that one. One every week. Yeah, he's starting to. I mean, I think he stopped because you know whoever advises him is like, stop it, stop it. But he, you know, he's doing the thing where you know he's yelling at the defense. It's, it's a pass. It's it's run. It's like, come on, man. Just it's chill it's out. pretty. Da- it's pretty dangerous, Harry. <laughs> Spicy. Oh my god, you do it really well. <laughs> Okay, uh, thank you to those who support the show. Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Dudal for the Tucci, Evid, Floctimus, Gavid, Greta, James, Jose, Lucas, Rad Dad, Nikki C, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Washington, Fish, Quest, Bob, Casey, David, Foles, Jay, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, and everyone who supports the show in the Discord. Love seeing you in there. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, big ups big ups to uh, Seahawkers, man. You guys are cranking out some content. Clinton, you were killing it. Okay, anyway, uh, the... I wanted to give that shout out because uh, he's he's been he's been supporting us for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Hocus Pocus two has hit Disney Plus. Um, I thought the best way to do this would be for. Did you watch Hocus Pocus two yet, Kevin? Yes, I did. Okay, so we've all seen it. Um, I think the best way to do this though is to talk more about Hocus Pocus one and try to do like a slightly spoiler free review for Hocus Pocus two. Or do you guys just want to talk Hocus Pocus two? I, I I was like undecided. I have both. I have two sets of notes for this. I feel like so we what do you, have impressions of two, and I think that's fine. And I think we can I, avoid I, I the spoilers. Yeah, I I, I I I don't even think you could spoil the movie. <laughs> that's kind of my thought after, too. After watching, okay, so let's talk Hocus Pocus one. Okay, first of all, Hocus Pocus one. I just want to say this: this is vibes the movie. Okay, <laughs> I don't think this movie is that good, but it has tone perfect vibes. Bette Midler like, doing work. 
every every vibe in this movie is like perfectly like campy Halloweeny. And and it like just works on so many levels because that like the kids are like the perfect level of like campy, almost made for TV movie, but like just perfect yes. love. And they just nail that in the first movie. And then in the and then the of course the the Sanderson sisters come in and they're just um, incredible. Like for me, the first movie works because the the tone and like the is just is just pitch perfect. It's not like a great movie. The plot is pretty paint by numbers it is a bang um, average movie with uh bat midler Sarah it. jessica parker and uh kathy najimi doing a really good job playing off each other yeah well, it has also I was say, taking it seriously it is mm-hmm. not a serious movie but they take their roles serious they buy in 100 percent, and that is why i think the movie is so i was gonna say universally loved but anyone who's seen it i don't know if they can i don't know if you can hate hocus pocus uh best best um Best quote uh, review quote is that when I first watched this film as a kid, I asked my dad what a virgin was, and he told me it was a person from Virginia. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. So uh, what's your yeah. what's everyone's favorite scene in Hocus Pocus? Do you guys have one? the first one? Yeah, the first one. When the guy cuts his own mouth open to tell off a uh, Bette Midler. Okay. Not even close. That part that that scene just when makes Billy me Billy Butcherson like, tells off yeah <laughs> when he when she when he's cutting open his mouth and and, and she's she looks all excited like he's gonna doesn't he <laughs> cough up dust also yeah and he coughs no he coughs out like a, like yeah like a rag or something oh it's no then, it's moths because it's real moths when he does that yeah and so then and then yeah and then he and then he just like like yells at her how much she sucks yes you witch. <laughs> and um <laughs> and sarah jessica parker this movie like when she's like a oh, boy <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah, stuff she's like me up too. She's very she's like uh, sensual. Horny. Yet, she's horny yet also <laughs> talking about eating children. It's it's kind of a uh-huh. weird display. What? Mine is uh, Penny Marshall and Gary Marshall when they <laughs> they think <laughs> they're in the that? devil's house and he's like, <laughs> she his wife gets mad because he's he's dancing with Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah Sanderson. And he's, he's like, yeah. but honey, they're calling me master. That's that's my favorite <laughs> line of the whole movie. <laughs> pretty good uh kevin kevin uh kevin laughed uh comcast saved him from this conversation kevin kevin was not stoked on hocus pocus so he's like you know what i've had a good podcast i'm gonna bow out i'm done yeah he's like he's like you know what my internet's not working anymore uh let's just let's just get out of here so okay hocus pocus 2 so my thought my my primary hocus pocus 2 thought is that um this movie hard and forgot what tone it needs this movie okay so so i okay on some levels like they're it's okay but like the kids this movie's worse than hocus pocus one because the kids are like so they're just like so generic like teenagers in a tv show well and they don't have that establishing part in the first movie you have the part where you realize that max is a loser and his yeah, sister and he, is like typical precocious kid, and that uh, da- and that the uh, love interest character the, she like is like Miss I nerd. love my hometown, and so you I, have like an idea. Rich, this one just goes a, straight into the witchcraft stuff, right? And the and the kids are just the kid characters are kind of annoying. The Sanderson sisters are still great, and then there's like whatever Tony Hale is doing, which <laughs> like I I'm like undecided on. I love Tony Hale. But like, does he have to be Buster Bluth in like every everything <laughs> that he's in? I said that to like, Abby because she had she watched Arrested Development. I was like, hey, it's Buster. 
Uh, yeah, and I mean, he was playing Bust. Like, I'm surprised he didn't say something about being in the in the Navy. When he or... was waiting for the caramel apple, I was like, "Oh, is he at the banana stand?" Was that was that his only character trait that he loves caramel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that was, and he's very nice. He was if he was if Buster had become mayor. That's basically <laughs> his character. Okay, the I'm, other thing that I didn't like was there was a lot of I'll call it Family Guy writing. Like in the first movie, um, since Comcast killed me and uh, nobody bothers to check the chat feed inside of the hey hey I, I one the chat <laughs> isn't there and two I did say something about you dropping so you just weren't here to hear it. <laughs> the chat is Go not on, working Kevin. in the ZenCaster app. Excuse me. I am looking at the ZenCaster channel. Oh, I'll, just, well, I'll screenshot it, it to you that. afterwards. Um, so I, I was trying to say like that I could hear Eric, so he could throw it to me. Um, oh, okay. So I love the part when they first leave and and they're like, "It's a black river." The uh, the road, and then oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, he, and then I, uh, the way they're stomping on it. Too, well, she like... shoves her sister out there into like this abyss is a great <laughs> establishing shot for Winnie. And yeah. then when they all run away from the fire truck, um, mm-hmm. like th- they do this really quick establishment of what it's going to be. And there's a couple of those like, oh, it's a crazy mixed up. We're in a modern day thing. And then there's a few things where like, don't squint too hard. Otherwise, it'll stop making sense because the whole thing's like held together by like duct tape and chicken wire. The second movie has way more of that. I feel like there's so many like, hey, hey, remember the thing with the brooms? Remember the thing with the brooms? Room. See, and I thought they kind of like they did a good job of not Do focusing you... on trying to recapture everything, but kind of mentioning what it was and not doing it overboard. Like, it's not going to you... be like the first one. Oh, I feel like it was a ton of that, and it really killed the writing for me. I, for me, I'm like in between you guys, so it's funny. Like, I'm like, I'm like somewhere in between. Well, you uh, said the thing about it was an, it was a, it was a nice Walgreens commercial. Uh, i would i would say it was a bad commercial because they just kept ripping on walgreens but i here's here's the thing i didn't like okay it was cvs so the the thing that held me back is like it it was like someone watched hocus pocus one and then just applied a bunch of like the most annoying modern like cheap filmmaking stuff to it and it's like it wasn't bad because like 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 the actors were still committed and it had some of that, like I think the adults were really good in this movie. The adults, yeah, maybe that's what I'm saying. Even, the adults, not I agree, even like the, really good, but just good enough. Or in the case of the sisters, really, really good. Um, this movie was, you know, it's obviously every movie is a cash grab, but it was one of those <laughs> things where you're like, okay, people want this movie. They're not going to release it theatrically, so why are they doing it? I think they did it for the fans, and you had to kind mm-hmm. of figure how are you going to bring the sisters back. How are you going to make everything make sense? And how are you going to wrap it up this time? Um, but what do they hang the movie on? It, on the sisters. I, it's for me, on I the thought sisters they... being redeemable characters, and they're not. Now that that is a different discussion, and I will agree with that. Without yeah. spoiler-free review, they um, this definitely. Wait, we've already spoiled so much. Yeah. <laughs> they they wrapped it up. Well, a lot of people are going to be. Well, as soon as you said Roll Greens, you gave away half the movie. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But they, I feel like they wrapped this up in a nice little bow. Uh, they did kind of sadly move a little, move away from the eating children, which, you know, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it is unfortunate. Ke- for me, Kevin's this is uh, with me on this. Children. For me, this is like such a two, such a two star movie where like, like there are, there are redeemable qualities of this movie. It was not like a, it was not as soulless as I expected it to be, but like there was just something, it felt flat. It just it didn't it didn't hit like the 
you know, it's like maybe if the gray man was hocus. Okay, pocus. here's a question. Like like next year when I come to Halloween, I'm probably going to watch Hocus Pocus again with my kids, right? But I I don't think there's any chance I watch this movie again. Like do you do you feel differently about that, Eric? Or would you are you saying I'll watch kind it. Of like yeah, I'll watch it again. So my wife loves Hocus Pocus. And you so, watch the Santa Claus 4 too? We watch. No, no, this is not Santa Claus. Santa Claus actually one of the sequels is kind of good though. I don't remember which one. The Martin Short one? I don't know. I don't I'm not Is a, it the Martin I'm, Short one? I don't know. I'm not a fan of the Santa Claus. I'm not. If unless it's Home Improvement or Toy Story, I don't care about Tim Allen. Um the- and I'm only Shots talking fired about on Galaxy Quest. I'm holding f- that against you. I forgot he's in that. Kevin. <laughs> uh, maybe they, maybe they you know why? Because he's because he's not the best part of that movie, Kevin. That's I think why. Santa Claus Two is like like no no it sucks too. Never mind. I'm I'm reading the spot <laughs> hey, synopsis. Can we, can we and table I'm just Santa miss- Claus for two months? <laughs> can we table it for two months? Uh, no, I no, will I, go back and me, watch myself like Target. I'm trying to already go to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Val- you, what's your favorite Valentine's Day on December first? What's your favorite Valentine's Day movie? Uh, favorite rom com. No, I, I felt I like this movie you. was was better than you're giving it credit for, only because it had no right being enjoyable. And although yeah. certainly nowhere close to being as good as the first one, this movie didn't suck. And I think yeah, that's where it's I, at. I'm giving I it two and a half stars. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna maybe, say like, it one and a half stars if I, we average back to two. <laughs> if I if I had to give it three, I could give it three because it wasn't bad. Uh, the kids, I didn't really care about them. I didn't need to. I was there for the Sanderson sisters, and they did not disappoint. And the writing for them, I don't think disappointed. I have a question. Yeah, it's, I have a question. It's just it's, when did they I get a chance like, to learn the song that they sing? I think if I liked the first movie more, which like I kind of just I like the first movie, but I don't. I'm not like crazy about it. I think if I liked the first movie more, like that that is going to directly correlate with how much I like this movie. Does that make sense? If yeah. you like Hocus Pocus one watch hocus pocus too like it's 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 like just a slightly worse version of the same thing kevin it's not do you mean do you mean the uh the witches are back that song no it's uh cast a spell on you oh, there, no i no did it's, you feel like there was, uh, what's the oh. did you feel like there's more music in this yes uh they did two dan two song numbers as opposed to one which i, I think actually, was giving something to the fans i actually think like oh one way or another I wish the movie was go. even more chaotic. Maybe <laughs> I feel like, like playing into like the go the other go the other way. I, I feel again. I just feel like the movie didn't the first, have any identity. The second, the movie. first movie, the first movie, but worse is like a very fair review of this movie. I think, and uh, so then, yeah, if that's something you want, you'll love it. And if it's that's not something you want, then you won't. That's pretty. I think that's pretty much it. And Walgreens, you know, if you, what's an Arizona tea, guys? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Caffeine, sugar, and cancer stuff. Uh, how, how I like how they print the cost on the on the can, so they can't change it when you get at the, on the end. All right, for Eric, for Kevin, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks.